Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, fresh off of UFC 285, this is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how you feeling? How'd you like the pay-per-view? Uh, we're going to get into it all from beginning to end, end to beginning to be exact. But I'd like to hear how you feeling on this beautiful Monday afternoon here where I'm from. <laughs> where are you from? No. Um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I li- <laughs> Hopefully John's there safe and sound and doesn't leave the confines of his home. Let's just hope. He can, he can I'd love to have gone to that after party, man. That was probably electric. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope it involved a lot of reading and water. But no, um, uh, I thought it was a good card. Honestly, it was like pretty much all of the fights were competitive. I thought it started out hot. Um, the first fight was good. I thought the second fight was pretty good. I know they both went the distance, and uh, it was you know lower ish level. But I thought they were both good, especially the first fight. I thought honestly, um, did it get fight of the night or anything? It did. It did not, but I thought it was a I very good fight. that was a fight. great fight as well. Um, especially, you know, you have somebody making their USC debut, and they're like uh, USA debut. You know, they, you know, somebody coming from, what, was it Argentina? Some of those Southern American guys, they come uh, they come over here, and, you know, their 15-0 or 10-0 or 8-0 or 11-0 record looks very uh, padded. And his was, too. Um, I don't want to get right into it right away, but um, he looked really good. I thought... You know, 155, 135, displaying their deep, deep talent pools again. Yeah. Um, 185 starting to look a little bit better. Um, you know, Bo Nickel, he's he, he's arrived, I think. Uh, we saw uh, what, Ch- yeah. what Shavkat can do, kind of like how Chemaev went through some adversity-ish. Um, a huge shocker in the co-main, which I thought yeah. was was a pretty good fight for the like all in all. I thought Alexo came the you know came ready for war almost every round. And then the main event, John just is back. John Jones is back. I think that's pretty much the the overarching, you know, theme of the whole night. Right. Pretty much. I mean that that's that's what everybody was waiting for, and that's it. It, it was a little anticlimactic just because of how quick. It I, was. I think a lot. I think a lot of people also didn't even like think it was in, or didn't even equ- expect a tap. Yeah. You know, at least with Valentina. Ex- that that rear naked choke was in, and it wasn't even in right away. But then it, you know, Agrasso sunk that thing in, and she was. It was a quick tap. Some people thought she didn't tap, but she she definitely did. Um, so yeah, honestly, I, I was a really good card. I'm glad I glad I bought it and didn't have. I think I had like one freeze. So ESPN Plus or ESPN ESPN Plus, you guys did did a decent job. ESPN Plus, I would say I agree. They did a decent job. So let's just get into it from end to finish. Uh, John Jones, Cyril gone. Uh, big time, you know, hype behind this. John making his return after three years. You don't know what he's going to look like. Uh, the, the drama. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the walkout was cool. Uh, John Jones's walkout was, was awesome. awesome. Uh, they have to cut the tape off his foot. That was so weird. That was uh, one oh, here we go. Exactly. Start already. I was like, oh boy, here, like exactly. I was like, this isn't good, man. I was looking at the people at my house. I'm like, this is not good, <laughs> man. I don't like the feeling of this. This is. This, it seemed yeah. a little silly to me. I don't know the rules and regulations and, and, and the science, but it seems like if you can keep the tape on like the toe, I, I don't know. And the, they it, also allow sleeves. Yeah, well, it just seems like it shouldn't that have been figured out in the back? 
Yeah. As opposed to when you're walking <laughs> exactly. out, then all of a sudden you're going to cut tape off the guy's foot. As, Look, as soon as he steps up, they say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, they're like, can't no do cuts. that. You can't enter this octagon. We don't know who you are. It's like, what? Yeah, like, what are you, so that was ta- weird. What are you talking about? Like, then they're cutting... <laughs> Then they're cutting shit off of his foot, and then it's just like. <laughs> that was really weird, I have to admit. I thought the fix might have been in. Serial gain, as John calls him, uh, might have sent his his goons in. But, but yeah, all right, so they cut it off. He comes in, does a cartwheel, and you're like, all right, well, okay, maybe the foot's not that fucked. Because then you. Well, that's the first thought is like, maybe there's something wrong with his foot. I didn't even think about that. But then now, now all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you're thinking, oh, boy, why was that tape there? So. First Remember thought almost came off against Chael. Remember that? Yep. Oh my god. First thought him standing there next to him, Oof. next to Gon, is that he's fucking massive. I, I like he did this going up to heavyweight. He took this very seriously and he did it the right way because when the, then when the fight started and I saw him, you know, just putting the pressure and pushing the pace on Cyril Gon and in his face the entire you know two minutes that the fight lasted, he was massive, man. He looked. Huge. bigger than him he looked huge and he looked like any heavyweight he gets in there with he's not gonna be at a size disadvantage typical or normally as someone going up in weight would be you know he he's gonna look better in the second one too uh, yeah, exactly and even dc think. was saying that like he's gonna trim down he's probably not gonna be as porky he'll probably be around 230 uh it looks like he's gonna fight steep next we'll get into all that but for as long as this fight lasted as soon as I mean, even in the striking exchanges, Gon looked like he did not that he didn't want to be there, but he he knew what the what this was what was what it was what was going to happen. He knew the result before he uh, it even happened. He looked so uncomfortable in this fight. Uh, I mean, way more uncomfortable than he did against Ngannou, and he was willing to stand with Ngannou for long stretches of time. It didn't even look like he wanted to stand with John. He looked like so panicked about the wrestling that he knew exactly what was going to happen when he got taken down. And he got, you know, put put up against the fence. He got dumped. John did exactly what all these other guys don't do. It just jumped right up onto his onto his head and just kept him down. They, I mean, I hear DC on all of these broadcasts talk about the higher guy always wins. You have to be above him to keep him down. You know, you can't be yep. lower than him and let him build a base and get back up. John jumped right up on him, got up on his neck, and just slowly worked that guillotine. In. And like you said, people... We're talking about, ah, well, you know, that wasn't even in. It gone quit. There was a lot of those talks at my house initially until you saw the yeah. replay and you're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, that <laughs> thing was in. I mean. With I, all the pressure against him, yes, against the cage. With, now he's just trapped. There's nowhere for him to go, and that's about as tight as it can get from his – like, I mean, he's basically in a standing guillotine. He's Both of his yeah. legs are bent. He has all of his power just forced right onto his neck. And Love whether it. it was in or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if he, if you had a squeeze on someone's chin like that – you know, like, like I, I encourage the people who say that, oh, well, he, you know, you quit, you know, if it's not under the neck, let someone grab you around your chin and squeeze as hard as they possibly can and let me know if you're going to tap or not because I guarantee you will, especially if the man's name is John Jones. And yeah. John Jones becomes the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world in, in, in little over two minutes, over two minutes and four seconds, and, and he – well surpassed anyone's expectations that they possibly could have had for his performance on Saturday night. Uh, I mean, and people were even saying, like, I can't imagine how much better he's going to look in the next fight. And, and that that's yeah. a fair thing to say because, I mean, ring rust is a real thing, but I didn't, see, I, I didn't see it at all on Saturday. I mean, he just he, – he combated that with by just putting pressure on uh, on Gon. The entire, as soon as the fight started, he was just walking towards him 
and had no fear whatsoever. I mean, he was throwing, he was fainting like these spinning attacks that just kept gone, you know, at, you know, uneasy. But then as soon as he got his hands on him, he dumped them with ease. And then he got back up and he had, you know, he had the leg. It's just, Masterclass. The way I thought Shevchenko was going to pull masterclass on Grasso, it, it was the masterclass for John Jones and dominant, dominant performance. And it looks like him and Stipe next. And before I uh, let you get into this, I would like to say John wins his title, gets on the mic, and hits the crowd oh, with man. a "Oh yeah," which was that was awesome. That the was something else. <laughs> they all did it. It was. I thought it was. I thought it was hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. That you're the greatest of all time, and that's like, he has a stranglehold on this sport, and he, he, I think he knows that. You know, he just needs to keep his shit online. Absolutely, which he know, and he, dude, oh, it doesn't matter. He can do almost no wrong, and I, he's, he's, you know, he's always been my favorite fighter. So I think it's just, uh, it's very similar. How I feel about John is very similar. How you feel about Connor, yeah, and how m- most, it, just in general, I feel the same way. Even uh, the sport's just better. When they're back and Absolutely. when they're in their their top form, you know what I mean. Like, and I thought it was you know great entrance. Uh, he looked great. I mean, he opened up with a leg kick, calf kick, and I thought yeah, right away. Uh, I saw some people, including DC, say he looked slower. I mean, no shit. You know, he's, yeah. He, I mean, my dad, my dad said he looked a little chubby, and I also noticed that he did. I think that's some yeah. But I mean, again, you know, <laughs> I don't know what he was weighing on fight night, but I would assume. More than two, more than what he weighed in at two forty eight. I'm Bro. sure he was like two fifty, sixty, maybe more. There are some porky pigs who fight in the UFC. It has, you, know, you don't need on. to have a fucking eight right. pack to be in the UFC. <laughs> we we've learned that from all of these different fights that we've watched. Exactly, and I think you know, obviously, we both just said it. And DC said it. You know, when he when he has more time in another camp and another go at it to make heavyweight and to really uh, get a get an idea of where he wants to be exactly. Uh, it's he's gonna look he's gonna look even better. Uh, and maybe even if he does, you know, have a little bit of fat to him, it's, it's what's gonna happen when you're that when you're that big, you know. Um, but I, you know, I, there's just levels. And Cyril Gon, you know, he did a stance switch and then he threw a cross and he was off balance and he got taken down. And that was, I don't know what his whole plan was when he got up against the cage. He didn't like use it to get up. He just he just sat there on his butt. Um, his grappling is bad. He, Very bad. He looked like he was in a car that had just been submerged in water and the, was quickly <laughs> filling up with water, and he had no idea what – like, he was panicking. And, and you no know, idea. Like, no, I'm not going to jump ahead, but just to, for example, when Grasso was in a crucifix and, and was in side control, and she n- never was really panicking. You know, like, she knew – like, she knew, okay, this isn't good, but, I, yeah. like, she didn't – freak out or roll over and give her neck up or she never really panicked and gave up the fight or gave up a position of and like you know where she just never gave her neck up never never quit and i'm not gonna say gone quit i i I don't think he did i just think that he he was overwhelmed he was overwhelmed and he had no idea what to do once john got his hands on him and got him on the ground and uh listen i think to, to your point uh i think john will come in lower Next time, I think, you know, DC did say that. And I think him being this big has a lot to do with the fact that he was preparing for Nganu. I think that, that this, the whole time he was getting ready was basically him preparing to fight a guy like Nganu who was going to come in at, what, 265, two, you know, in the 260 yeah, range. jacked, too. Absolutely jacked. And he was going to have to be a, a, an enormous, bigger guy to, you know, keep get him out of there, basically. He was going to use his 
just sheer power to take him down, get on top, and, and get him out of there. Now that I think, you know, with the, the talk and them basically setting up him and Stipe next in, uh, in July is the, the thought, but I guess they don't really know when it's going to happen. John will come in lower because Stipe is going to be quicker. He's going to be lighter in general, so he really won't need that, uh, you know, that, that total power or that, that overall size to, you know, overpower manhandle Stipe. And uh, I think, like you said, you're going to see the best version of John in this next fight. I mean, you already saw a great version of him in this fight. I don't see any reason why anything's going to be different against Stipe. I, I mean, no, I, I think maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll be wrong again. I don't think John's going to run through Stipe in two or three minutes, but no, I think Stipe's going to have a little bit more resistance. I think that's very fair to say, but I don't see how the whole you know what? What changes? I would. I still want to see what John's stand up looks like at heavyweight for more than you know a minute or two, not even. Uh, you know if he can take shots from heavyweights. If he, if you know if his power is is enough to you know wobble or hurt guys at heavyweight. You never know. I mean, he's so big. I can imagine his power is still you know still there. Not that he ever had the one hit or quitter, but uh, how many how many heavyweights really check leg kicks? You know yeah. what I mean. Um, so especially when they're coming in and being aggressive as Stipe is sometimes, um, I think he's going to use that to his advantage. I think he's going to use the head kick game to his advantage. I think he's going to use all the feints, just the overall IQ, uh, that he has in all facets of the game with his experience, with his, I'm sure his cardio is going to, I'm sure his cardio is fine if this went, you know, extended and it's going to be even better, uh, if he's in consistent camp, uh, consistent shape and consistent fight camps. So, and we're, I'm glad to see that, you know, he's done with the whole Mike Winklejohn situation. That guy was obviously just a character. Um, so it looks like he's just, I know people laugh at his training team and his partners, but they're big dudes and those are legit heavyweights and they have been for a while. Maurice Green's like, I think the, the one of the biggest and longest UFC heavyweights ever, at least up there. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 people think you're supposed to bring in, you know, elite competition to spar and train with. That's, that's not, that's not it's the not point really of sparring the case, training. Yeah. No, that, you know, you're, you know, Canelo is not going to bring in all these uh, monsters to, to to train with, so they can rough them up. That's not what it's supposed to do. So obviously, he's got a good thing going down there, and he's focused. He's got his head on straight. I mean, he said it about Cyril Gan was playing FIFA, and he wasn't. I don't that know if that really so played a part because like, I think yeah, <laughs> he was eating breakfast. Yeah, he's eating like a salad. He's like this guy. I heard his team's number sixty. In the, uh, in the world in FIFA. He goes, that's impressive. He goes, but while he's there playing video games, I'm studying his fights. And Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I think if... if he was just better. He was just better than him, man. There's nothing he could have done nothing. to change that unless he hit him with like one of those... With the shot he hit Tuivasa with and just fucking flatlined him. And, you know, maybe we have to have a talk about Cyril Gon because he's fought twice, you know, on the big, big stage and he looked bad in both of them. As, you know, I know he fought Francis, and I know he fought John. You know, probably the two best heavyweights, uh, maybe arguably in UFC history. Uh, I know John just got there. And I know Francis. You know, I know people want to say Stipe's the heavyweight goat, but I don't know, man. <laughs> what Francis did to him after you know pretty much getting hurt and getting rocked with a big shot. I mean, he he ended his life almost. So I uh, think whatever, um, whatever you want to say, two of the best heavyweights ever he fought, but he folded badly both times. So I I don't know. I think there's a conversation to be had with, like, best resume and then, like, actual yeah. best fighter inside the octagon that you would, like, oh, I think he's, like, like, 
like I, th- this is an argument that I've had before. I think Connor is the best like forty fiver ever. But yeah, his resume is not the best, but like the prime Connor against any one of those guys. Like I like maybe not Volk. Like Volk is as good as right. like Volk is the best featherweight in my mind of all time. But like. I think if Stipe, you want to say Max, look what Connor did to Max, and then look what Connor did to Aldo. Yeah, so like, exactly. You know, I, I, it's hard to really. It's hard, it's hard to, to have really that conversation that when you like when he when he did that to exactly, those guys, and you know? when he doesn't have like a like any title defenses. So it's like you can't really say he's the best ever. Yeah. Like he doesn't have the resume, but like on a one-off, I mean, you know, but like Stipe has probably the best resume of any heavyweight. But, right, but that was also just because nobody. I mean, let's let's you know say a heavyweight's kind of always been a. a you know, not a joke necessarily, but kind of a joke. It's not as, you know I mean, yeah, the, that, that's a, a lower end of the deep. pool. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, and, uh, uh, and, you know, when John beats him, he's going to overtake the heavyweight goat and he's just going to be the goat goat, the double goat. <laughs> I love that. He was doing that the whole time in like yep. the embedded. And after the fight, I don't know, man, John's funny. It's, 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 it's just good to have him back. It was an awesome, like, uh, like coronation, like a crowning of, all of yeah. his achievement, like he deserves this. Even though, I mean, all through all the trials, tribulations, all the crazy shit that he's been involved in, has created his own problems for himself. He still, you know, when that, like, I think we talked about here on this last episode, uh, like when that octagon door closes, there is nobody that has ever been in there that's better than him. Nope. Nobody, and it's not really not even close. And it's very, it's very rare. obvious. Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's very rare in a sport, in any sport, where you know for sure there's always conversations, LeBron, Michael Jordan, like all those different sports. In this sport, when that door closes, you know you're watching the greatest of all time. And and it's just – it's a treat. It's a pleasure. I agree. I I saw somebody, a couple of contrarians, saying, well, you can make a case for Habib being the GOAT. And then I was was seeing how they were comparing the – or no, then they just, I saw people comparing or saying GSP, and I was like, yeah, maybe, but yeah. no. You know, I know GSP, they were comparing how GSP went up, got the belt, but he didn't, you know. <laughs> I, I love Bisping, but like, you know. He went to he, war with Bisping. Let's not like He went to war that. with Bisping. Uh, it was a struggle to make weight, and then after that he was done with the sport in general. Like, so, you know, that kind of left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. We know John's going to defend, and there's nobody that's going to take it from him. Um, and I, I saw people saying this one person, I forget who it was, damn it. He, uh, was comparing fighters, uh, John and GSP's resumes and saying, well, Matt Hughes was probably a better win than John's ever had. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Let's, like, come uh, on, man. That, the revisionist history is unbelievable. Like Matt, Matt Hughes was, was a better opponent for GSP than anybody else was besides DC for John. I'm, what about Machida? What about all these guys that he beat? All the, all the legends that he beat pretty much in a row. Before he was like even in his mid to late twenties, you know, not even in his physical peak, not even in his in his mental prime. So I thought I, I got a kick out of that. People would still try to knock John's. I mean, who's even in the span close of a year? Him? In the span of like a year and a month, he beat Shogun, Rampage, Leota Machida, and Sugar Rashad Evans, and he finished three of them. And he dominated all. And Ryan Bader not- before that. Yeah, and that was a you know which prospect is a legit one, and he shut that shit down quick. Immediately smoked him. I mean, um, Vitor Belfort, sh- Gus. You know when Gus was still, you know the shit. I mean, Chael Sonnen probably juiced up. Glover Teixeira. Yeah. You know in DC, it's just 
and never really, you know, he was tested, but he passed every test. And he, you know, when, when Machida, uh, hit him with a couple shots, it, it got a little interesting. Uh, did also Machida get him in a submission or is that somebody else? Was it Shogun? Somebody had him deep in a submission. I think it was Machida, right? It was one of the, he had his arm, it not, was an arm bar. Yeah. I, I don't know which it was, one it was. It was one of those two though. I, I want to say, yeah. And then, you know, the, the walk, the, the knees to Shogun to win the belt at 23 and then, you know, putting Leota Machito's Machito Machita's dead corpse on the ground, just you dropping know, kind of like a sack of potatoes. Very man. reminiscent of what Shavkat did to Jeff Neal. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but that was also in the same year, 2011. Yeah. 2011, like you said, he beat the shit out of Bader easily, choked him out, beat the kicked the dog shit out of Shogun, uh, dominated Rampage in a fight that he still complains about to this day, even as as late as. I think I saw in a recent interview he was complaining about it still getting kicked in the oblique. And then he did and then he did what he did to Machida all in one year. It's insane. Just a uh, uh, for anyone out there, it, you know, you missed it, don't miss the next one, all right? Uh, cuz uh, from from experience, you never know when the last time these guys are going to get in there. In there, it's very few and far between these events where I will be there. Yeah, yeah, I mean the they they're saying that this this event was the most talked about or most tweeted about. It was their biggest social media event since Connor and Habib, uh, and, and, you know, and that was that was that. Well, I don't think any event in my mind will ever surpass that. Just the the, not. the hype and the intensity going into that will be like. That's what even like that guy so intense. Dana was even like, I don't even know if I like this. No matter how much money we make, like this is just <laughs> yeah. like it was getting so personal. People were talking about terrorism, and it was. It was intense, but awesome night for John. Uh, him and Stipe are next. We talked about that. I'm sure we'll talk about that more at length. Uh, Cyril, I don't know what's next for him. Uh, I guess, you know, yeah. Uh, listen, Pavlovich is going to get in there soon. And I think he is we, – we talked about that. That is the next big-time test for anyone at heavyweight. I mean, who's Pavlovich fighting? Curtis Blades? Yeah. That's an awesome if he, fight. If he gets through – dude – I think the winner of that gets John after Stipe. After Stipe, I, I, I agree. I think they fight in like right. December. I, yeah. that, that was what I was telling people uh, the other night. Like I think people don't know. That's what I said. There's some people – because you know when you watch these cards, like I, I usually have people over my house for all the big cards. Last time, Volk and Islam, two people came. <laughs> this week, I had a full house, basically, of people yeah. watching. That's how I, I, I bought – like I um, gauge – how much of a casual event this is. People know who John Bones Jones is. They get excited for it. No matter if the number one, number two pound-for-pound fighters were fighting, people don't really know who they are. So they're not like yeah. going to leave their house or drop what they're doing to go see this. Listen, Pavlovich, he won't bring the uh, fanfare, but that guy is a murderer. I, I've, I haven't seen a Russian... I mean, he might be juiced up. Who knows? But that guy is, is an absolute savage. And if he beats Curtis Blades, I don't want to know what's going to happen against him and John. Or you know, yeah, <laughs> I, I that would be a dangerous one. I think the other name is Jelton Almeida. We've been on the oh, train boy. for a while. Yeah, he's fighting soon um, too. He's fighting yeah, uh, Jarzinho. Yeah, he's, he's going to run kill through him So when he after he beats Jarzinho, it's going to be like a Volkov or an Asp. I honestly, Aspinall. And Aspinall would be awesome. Aspinall's right there too. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm just looking at John and I'm looking at all these guys, and I don't know who beats him. Kind of like how I was thinking at 205. I don't know who's going to do it. Um, it's going to have to take him being complacent or just eating a big shot and not being able to recover. That's really all I see because, I mean, uh, the wrestling ability 
the jujitsu ability um, and just the overall IQ that John has at heavyweight. Who, who's gonna who's gonna match that? The, the best one, Cyril Gaon. Yeah, that's what I you thought. Know? So like, I did want to float maybe this. Blades. Do you think do you think Blades would give him a chance? I, I don't. I think I mean, what what would happen there is Blades would get beat up on the feet probably for five rounds. Yeah. If, if I, I mean. Uh, maybe he's able to take him down, but that's his like that's John's wheelhouse, and that's Curtis Blades's. Uh, we you know that's kind of just a uh, like a they don't have I don't know how to really word this, but John's better on the feet than basically Curtis is on the feet, and their their grappling would probably cancel each other out. So I, I would imagine at best, at best, I think right? John's yeah, and John's probably best exactly. Like I just kind of give that doubt just because of how big Curtis Blades is, and how you know we don't know. I guess we'll see how he does against Pavlovich because if he can like put him out, that's you know that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, whoever, like you said, whoever wins that fight is fighting for the title next. That's basically which is fun. I know it's not big names. Curtis Blades is very boring, and uh, he complains a lot. And he doesn't like how people tweet him mean things. But well, join the club. Yeah, I love it personally. But and then you have Pavlovich, who's just like a quiet murderer, like you said. And then you have Almeida, who's like a you know shorter, just brick shit house. Brazilian destroyer. Like there's some there's some interesting guys at heavyweight for sure. You know that can uh, at least be a test for John until he's I don't know how long he's got left in him. He's 35, yeah. but at heavyweight you can go till you're 40 whatever. Yeah. So who knows? You know, I one thing I definitely want don't want to see is John taking L at any point in his career. I want him to keep this streak. I want that loss to be turned overturned into a win. I think that was an absolute bullshit bullshit. Um, yeah, loss. everyone knows that pretty much. That's, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what else there is to say. Really, I think um, we did it all, man. That's uh, it, he deserves Jones it. Back. Yeah, he deserves it. Uh, that's you know we we, we want to give him that man his flowers and give him the time that he deserves. And uh, you know we're excited to see what's next for a- everyone involved in that heavyweight division now because the heavyweight division just got some neat, much needed life. Uh, before we do get out of there, though, I want to say I know. I know Dana keeps saying never on the Nganu uh, stuff, but I don't believe him. I think yeah. if John beats Stipe, I think that he would have no problem signing Nganu to like a one fight, like something small to have him get decimated so that he knows for sure. I, I mean, it would only it would only do good in, in pumping the UFC and John Jones up to have them. Because no matter what, there will be a small section of the population that says Nganu never lost a title. You know, he yeah. was the undisputed. He did this. He did that. And to have those two fight would be, no matter what, would be a massive, be massive event. And so uh, John called him a pussy. Oh yeah, all that muscle big with a big old pussy. old pussy. That's that's some good. That's what we need, man. We need this back in the game. Yeah, absolutely. We really do. What about what about this? How about this idea? John Jones, Daniel Cormier at heavyweight. No, bring him back. DC's so shot bring out. Bring him back. It's over. Yeah, he's like he's pushing three something. Yeah, he's he's a pork ball, and I don't want to see him get back in there and get beat up again. Uh, we we saw I it do. enough. No, I'm kidding. I don't. Now nah, DC DC has his legacy. He did his thing, and uh, I mean, won both titles. He was the double champ. He, he you know, there's no reason to come back and lose to John a third time. That's I really hope that that doesn't happen, but especially at, at, at his advanced age that, that he is now. Yeah, and wait. Let's yeah, and wait. That, do not leave that out. And wait. Um, how about this, man? We always say your your night eventually comes. You know, no matter how good you are, you know, even John Jones, it's possible his night could come. But uh, you know, for a reigning, defending champion like Valentina Shevchenko, her night her night came 
on uh, Saturday night. She loses via submission in the uh, at the very end of the uh, fourth round here via rear naked choke. Uh, threw a spinning back kick, got caught, got her back taken, got her neck taken. And, uh, the, I mean, that picture of the squeeze that uh, Alexa Grasso had on her was incredible. Uh, I guess I just want to get a few things, uh, a few of my um, takes out here, and then I'll let you uh, go go in on um, some of them. I'll even have some for after you're done. But I thought Valentina looked slow. I think, I think the age thing has caught up with her. I don't think she's nowhere near the striker and... Just at, honestly, just the, the striker that she used to be. I don't know what is missing or what's going on, but I, I think people I, caught up to her. I, probably, you're probably right. I just she's not. It just looks like uh, you know what the vibe I got from her uh, watching the fight, Joanna. I got intense Joanna vibes while watching. I mean, she was getting hit hard. She was not getting out of the way. I mean, first round I think she lost, and then I think she won the next two. She, she then mm. she had her you know in a crucifix. You think she was winning the fourth before she got finished? I think it, I think I, she was because she was so. she was countering her a little bit. But yeah, it was close. It was kind of close. Yeah, I, but, I, I think it was a close fight. But I think if this fight doesn't get the finish, I think you know, uh, Valentina. Same as Caller Joanna. Valentina yeah. would have cruised to a victory more than likely. I just think Alexa, her her boxing was good. It was exactly what we thought it was going to. But uh, she wasn't. She was having trouble. I guess with the distance. I don't think the speed was a problem. But I think Valentina was still. You know. Had that power. Had that power. Yeah, had that distance uh, control. And I mean, Alexa Grasso was thrown with heat. She did have some power behind her shots, but uh, I, th- I think Valentina just got caught. Man, she got caught in a bad position. But I don't think that takes away from how good Alexa Grasso is and how close she is to her. You know, and and if a rematch were to happen, uh, I think that Alexa Grasso at the very least should be. Somewhere underneath of plus three hundred, plus two hundred underdog. I know she'll probably still be the underdog, but yeah, uh, I would probably take Valentina in, in a uh, rematch because I just think I I would never be able to walk away. I still think Valentina is the best woman in the you know women's fighter in the world, and you know given that, I just think I would take her again. But I mean, shout out to Alexa Grasso. This is a little bit better, a little bit more than uh, just a win against a, you know like a Juliana Pena's win. Like we knew. When they ran that fight back, that she was going to get her ass beat. This time, I feel like you know it, it definitely could go down the same way if they were if the, this was the rematch. This is a much closer matchup than we were given a credit before. Yeah, um, I'm happy. I'm so happy for Alex Cross. It's my girl. Yeah, been a fan of her since she got to the UFC. Made her debut against uh, I don't know if it was Jody Escabel or not. Um, and took a couple losses early. I mean, she fought Tatiana Suarez early. She fought Random Marcos. Or she fought all these all these you know. Um, pretty solid to decent fighters, especially at the time. And she was still so young. I remember when she, um, the only reason she got noticed was because of, uh, her, yeah, her good friend and teammate, Arene Aldana. She was in, I think, Jungle Fight and had a fight of the year candidate with Larissa Pacheco, which she got finished late. And, uh, the odds maker or the, the, the matchmaker for Invicta was there. And then she signed Aldana and then she signed, signed Grasso. And then Grasso ran through Invicta, came to the UFC and, I mean, she's just gotten better. All, all of the Mexican fighters that are, awesome. are champions now, and even some of the other ones, they all get they all they've all gotten better. And I think you know a lot of the emphasis that UFC put into Mexico in twenty what thirteen, fourteen, fifteen ish when they put the um, I don't know if it was a PI, but they they put something there. And then they had the Ultimate Fighter Latin America season that was huge. That season was full of talent, and um, you know. 
Brandon Moreno, Yair Rodriguez, you look at how much they've improved since they first started UFC. Brandon Moreno made his debut as like a plus 400 underdog against Luis Smolka and fucking ran through him like a buzzsaw. Um, and look how much better Alexa Grasso has gotten. Uh, Felice Herrick beat her. I mean, that was, a you know, looking back, it's like, how did, how did you lose to her? Uh, Tatiana Suarez made quick work of her, got her in a rear naked choke. I thought she's, I still think she'd beat Carla Esparza, but uh, ever since that close uh, close loss, she's won five in a row. And it should be six, seven, should be seven in a row. Um, and, you know, in the first round, she hit her with a really, a couple of them, but a, a strong one-two right to the Valentina's chin. And I think ever since then, she kind of, you know, she felt that power early. And that really just set the tone for the rest of the fight. Um, I know she didn't, you know, she wasn't winning rounds necessarily. Uh, Valentina was having more success, especially in the, uh, the wrestling department. Um, but Alexa was getting up. Alexa was doing her own things. I think uh, she had a submission attempt. Um, did she have a submission attempt before that or not? I thought she might have might have tried something early in the fight, but I can't really remember. Well, but, like when she got taken down, she had a couple like triangle arm bar sort of setups, try, like trying to get them going. But, you know, I mean, she was able to... Shevchenko, that, those were the situations where Shevchenko was able to pass her guard and get up into the side control. And, I mean, that's obviously a position she's very comfortable with. But, I mean, like, like we talked about in the, uh, you know, earlier, it's she didn't panic, man. She she looks great at 25 compared to what she did at 15. So, yeah. I mean, that's just um, – what, what can you say? I, yeah, I hope – I hope she um, – I, I really hope she wins again. I would love to see her and Aaron Blanche be able to kind of take over the division – um, nothing against Valentina. I just, you know, I think it happens with long reigning champions. Also, she's getting older. Maybe she, maybe she should move up. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't think she's necessarily that big. I think her and Alexa matched up pretty well size wise. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the rematch. Honestly, I think it's a little bit different than Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes, where I think that was a bit of a fluke. Yeah. I was never really high on Juliana Pena. Not that she's not a dog and doesn't have some ability, but, uh, you know, didn't even have a hook in kind of have like a, you know, just a, uh, I don't know, a, a tap because she was exhausted. Um, this was a this was a legit win, man. She was she was piecing Valentina out with the hands, and I, I said, you know, that's really the only way she can win is if it just stays a, a, a boxing match the whole time, which it didn't, and that's not how she won. But that's that's I think how she um, asserted herself, she especially very very early. She turned Valentina in a res- into a wrestler, which is not, I mean. Not that she's not comfortable doing that, but I mean, Shevchenko's known as a striker, and she yeah. made her uncomfortable on the feet because of the power that she was bringing back her way. And uh, it's part of the. I mean, I think that the and the only flukish part was that the way that she caught her in that submission and kind of just you know she made a mistake. She did that spinning back kick, and she just you know she got with, with a great you know, counter by Grosso to just kind of, you know, step out of the yeah. way and jump in on that on that back. She gave her neck up. You know, she kind of didn't fight the hands right away, was kind of worried about giving the position up, had her hand on the ground while she was just... I didn't think it. she had it at first. Same. I was like, ah, she'll get out of it. And then when she flipped over to her, like, to the side and into the back, I was like, well, it's still not in, it's still not in. And then she, she just, she kind of did a quick, just went under. I was like, oh, wait a minute. She snuck <laughs> her hand behind good. her head. I was like, oh, no. I was like, we're, we're done. This is, this is it. And she tapped quick as the camera changed uh, angles. So it was hard. Like, we, well, she didn't it was like tap in the traditional sense where she like tapped. It was just like a, it was, it was like a, a single it was slap. It, it was like, uh, it was like, I'm about to pass out. I don't like my body candy. I can't even think. 
of what to do. She doesn't tap out, so she doesn't know what to do usually. So she was just like, yo, I'm done. And it was good stuff. I thought she had gone to sleep or that the ref thought she had went to sleep. Same. I was like, oh, oh no, it's going to be like a weird a, a weird um, stoppage. But she did the old Fedor one slap, I'm done, kind of like, you know, I didn't I didn't really want to tap, but I had to. Yeah. Uh, also, I just saw the video. I'm about to send it to you. Um, Alexa Grasso in the locker room before the fight actually um, drilled that same counter to a spinning kick. Uh, her sparring partner, whoever this whoever this gentleman was, threw the same exact kick, and she caught it the same exact way, and and you know, pretty much transitioned the same exact way. It was crazy how quick she got. Not even just the hook; she got the hooks and she got the neck, neck right away. Um, at the same time, after catching it, after catching it against you know, kind of against the cage, it was just. It happens so quickly, kind of how uh, Ortega catches anybody when he when he jumped guillotine against Volk. That was the quickest I've ever seen anything happen <laughs> submission wise. Um, so you know those Mexican fighters, man they they are they are not just warriors. They are not just you know tough. They are skilled, talented, and they just get better and better yeah. each fight. Alex Gross is only twenty nine. She even I think she even started MMA a little a little later too. So. Uh, just awesome to see. Honestly, she she deserved it. You heard her scream right uh, right as the fight ended. Just so excited, so happy to see you know all the other fighters happy for her. Uh, she deserves it. And it's always awesome to see. Like that's you know. Although I, I tell you all the time on here, guys, I love Shevchenko. What I love more than my favorite fighter, other than Connor, is the fact is the the scene of an upset. Like when when a crazy upset like that happens and. The announcers are freaking out. The the crowd is losing their mind. When she finally tapped, the crowd went insane. And like you said, like Crazy. that's an awesome scene of her screaming, like I did it, like I fucking I, I beat her, the girl that everyone said I could not beat. I did. Like, and then the camera when you see all the fighters like in, in fight yeah. a row, and you just oh, I love and they're it. losing their mind because awesome. they know like how what that what that must feel like. Like that's just you know like no one gave her a chance. And that's what fighting is pretty much predicated on. It's just that yeah. underdog, like, no one gave me a chance, and I persevered. I did it. And that's what Alexa Grasso did. No matter what happens in that in that you know rematch or whatever, the people will never forget what she did on Saturday night. And it's, you know, it's awesome. And like kind of like that Pena was the other one where, I mean, obviously it's happened a couple times with the girls home beating Rousey and all that stuff. But yep. yeah, it, it was, it was a, another, you know, Magical scene to add on to the crazy amount of scenes that the UFC have given us over the years. And uh, shout out to Valentina, or I'm sorry, uh, Alexa Grasso. The rematch with Valentina is going to be awesome. But uh, the final hot take I have for this one is Blanchfield is going to smoke either one of those girls. So yeah, I think she's going to take, take. Unless them down Alexa and... keeps it standing, she might put her. Oh, she's going to put Aaron Blanchfield out. I mean, Aaron Blanchfield's stand up has gotten better, and honestly, it's making some some like. Some, some some jumps like I, I didn't expect her to to really have much success against Andrade even though Andrade took it on late note short notice and she has a lot working against her with her height and her age and her reach and just her the way she fights sometimes but she's got she's you know her she's improved her IQ her fighting IQ over the years Andrade has and I was just, still I didn't expect Blanchfield to do that so I mean maybe maybe but I mean Alexa Grasso's boxing in general is good she switches stances she doesn't throw as many kicks as I would like but um, and I, I, I don't know. I think her defense is really good. You know, she gets hit sometimes, but she's tough. She doesn't take it really, you know, flush and take, take, uh, like flush shots. Um, and she just really good with that one too, man. She, she throws a nice, quick, nice, quick. straight, she was straight. much quicker than Shevchenko. 
Yeah, and she was putting you know combos together and backing Shevchenko up, and you know Shevchenko. I again, I think early on she felt the power and she she thought like this is gonna be tough and you know I have to work on my I have to turn to a wrestler like you said and it, it worked you know for for parts of it especially when she got that crucifix I thought that uh, that could have been the end that, that's what she was looking for that's what she always looks for but um, Alexa Grosser's a dog man her her wrestling her jujitsu is is also improved over the years so uh, what would you uh, I was gonna say what would you like to see or would you like to see uh, in maybe like middle of summer, like July or June or something like that, they go to Mexico City and we get Yair and Volk, Valentina and Grasso, and um, Moreno and Pantoja. Wow. I mean, apparently they're going to do Nunez and Aldana as well. So, Jesus. I don't know who – oh, man, I think Mexico might go for four in that one. <laughs> that one. Uh, Grasso and Valentina in a rematch. You know, I think obviously the odds are going to be on Valentina's side. And I think she's going to come back motivated, which is going to be scary. Um, she could still lose 100%. I think there is a clear path to victory now for Alexa Grasso, um, especially if she can stuff some takedowns, you know, improve. Because there's, there's, you know, a little bit of a big gap, obviously, in the wrestling game. But I think she can just work on a little bit um, stuffing a couple takedowns, and that's it. You know, she ends up on her back. She's going to be there for a while, probably. But uh, she could very much be the underdog there. She will be. Uh, Roy uh, Moreno could lose to Pantoja. Absolutely. Possible. And uh, Yair is probably going to lose to Volk, <laughs> if we're going to be honest. Uh, again, anything could happen, but I don't know if the UFC wants to stack all their Mexican champions on one card. You know, I don't think that's really in their. That's not something they would do. I know it's like, as a fan, it's like, you know, all three of them make sense. The timing makes sense, but I don't think they would do that, especially considering <laughs> they might all lose. Um, but. Whatever kind of card they do, they obviously need to go to Mexico City. But I don't know, though, because also, are you going to put all those champions and big-time fighters on one card when the elevation's uh, brutal? Just say brutal. Uh, It's even more. It's 2,000 feet higher than it is in Denver. And, you know, we've seen – remember last time they were in Colorado, how everybody was gassed? Yep. Everybody was gassed. So uh, that that might be worrisome. I think even when Kane – didn't Kane fight JDS in Mexico City? One of those guys. One of the – there was a and he heavyweight looked, fight where they said they will never go back there with heavyweights ever again. Yeah, so that that kind of sucks. I, I mean, that crowd and that atmosphere would be amazing for all the all, you know all the fighters. But I guess maybe we should uh, hold off on making it like a mega card, maybe like a fight night or maybe like a weaker pay per view. You know how they do a pay per view yeah. in, in kind of like the Usman and, one. Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, a little watered, like not watered down, but you know it doesn't have the 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 strength of schedule, if you will. Yeah. That uh, you know, this card in Vegas had. I, I I'm all for it, but yeah, I forgot about that uh, elevation issue, dude. I'm I'm just remembering the Colorado card and how everybody in the middle of the second round was gassed. Yeah, dude. Oh man, and it was I something just, that we I were like handicapping remembered. for, like that we we're like, yeah, like this guy's gonna, <laughs> this fat guy's gonna gas out at, at elevation because <laughs> anyone who's been there, like, and, and in elevation anywhere in the world, you can tell the difference from yeah, when you live at sea level. To oh. go there. Dude, when I went to Denver, like when we we went to Red Rocks and we were walking up the steps for that, I was gassed by the time I got to the top. I'm like, what is going on? And I remember, I'm like, dude, the elevation. Like, I'm about yeah. to pass the fuck out. I'm like getting light at, you know, just like a regular walking up steps. I'm usually fine. I can walk up some steps and now I'm walking up these and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, that's why some of those guys that train at that elevation, they have that advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Shout out to Alexa Grasso, and I uh, can't wait for the rematch. How about Shavkat? Shavkat Rachmanov, he didn't look great in this one. 
I would say. But I mean, like, yeah, and he didn't look bad either. He's fighting a, a tough guy in Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal had him hurt at, at at a certain point. You know, not crazy hurt, but backed him up. I thought mm-hmm. Jeff Neal looked good, comported himself well. But it, like you kind of mentioned, it was a good test. You know, similar to Chimaev Burns. For a guy in Shavkat who has been able to walk through people with no problem, and he still got Jeff Neal out of there with that standing rear naked choke. You may mention how he just dropped them, you know, like a sack of potatoes. He didn't really get any takedowns or get the, uh, you know, have his nope. way on the ground. It's a, you know, I had maybe nervous. I had round one or two on here, and that is it kind of hurt watching him sub him in the third. But he really wasn't close to a finish in those first. I mean, he had, he had hurt him and stuff, but Jeff Neal really wasn't. Um, you know, he wasn't rolling over. He was he, he was not giving them anything easily, and Rachmanov had to go and take it. Good win for Rachmanov. First time he's been finished uh, in the UFC. He's been, he, he was choked out by Martin Sano, of all people, oh, like boy. almost 10, 10 years ago, and Kevin Holland in XKO 34 TKO'd him in the third. Wow. Um, yeah, the co-main event of that fight was Chris Gutierrez, and then before him was Kennedy Zuchukwu. Wow, uh, what Jose, a fucking Jose, card. Jose Soto before that, Ramiz Brahimaj before that, Mike Jackson took an L to Jeremy Holloway before that, uh, Juan Ontiveros, the brother of Ch- Charlie Ontiveros took an L, of course, on that card as well. I mean, pretty good card. Imagine being like in attendance for this card, and then like 10, uh, not even 10, six years later, you're like, holy shit, I saw Kevin Holland beat Jeff Neal. I saw Chris Gutierrez, Kennedy Zuchukwu, like Ramiz, Ramiz Brahimaj, like, and where was this at? Bumfuck nowhere? The Gas Monkey Live was the venue name. See, uh, Back Alley it. Promotions. They should sign that promoter, whoever that is. That guy's <laughs> talent, man. That guy littered that thing with talent. Extreme Knockout XKO. I'm all, I'm all, uh, all aboard. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Jeff Neal was hitting Shavkat with good shots, and Shavkat, I have some worries about his. Uh, I mean, he can take a shot. Jeff Neal hits hard. He took some good shots, and he got wobbled and hurt, but he rebounded really well from them. Sometimes when a guy hasn't been hit, hasn't been tested, hasn't ever lost, hasn't, again, hasn't been tested much. And he hasn't, Shavkat. Yeah. His t- what was his toughest test? Getting to the second round and not getting uh, Neil Magny out of there quicker, you know? Yeah. Like, he didn't get M- Michelle Percheres out of there in the first round, took him around. That was his toughest test. I mean, again, I said it before uh, on the uh, regional scene, there was a couple times where he's been rocked and did the chicken dance. Um that when you see Jeff Neal, hands of steel, it's, it's in his name. And he came in, he missed weight, which isn't great. Uh, you know, he was saying before the fight how he was 100%, he was going to beat this dude and all this, and then he misses weight. Not yeah, very easily. Like, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Um, so, you know, good job there, Jeff. But, uh, yeah, Shavkat, anytime he got hit, he went forward. I mean, he was throwing some nasty body kicks. Just kicks in general. He throws with dangerous intent. Yes. Um. He doesn't really move his head when he when he stands in trade, especially when he throws that uppercut. And anytime he throws that uppercut, his head is right there to be hit, not once, but you know, multiple times. So that kind of worries me. But I, I really hope he tries to you know better utilize his wrestling against other opponents because I don't I don't know I, you know if he would have got Jeff Neal down, that would have been bad news. Uh, we saw what happened when he got him against the cage; he just strangled him to death. Um, I had a, I doubled down on the submission right before the fight, and I'm so glad he got that right at the end. So I kind of got lucky there, but uh, I think he's the real deal. And uh, I would love. I think there's a collision course. I guess maybe not because Chimaev is going to be a 185, right? Uh, I mean, that's that's the do. theory. But yeah, I 
He I was not even see close to, to the last time, so I don't know what could be different. I think he should just go to 85. Yeah. But I would love to see those two fight. Uh, who do you who would you favor? Do you favor Jamaya? Um, I don't know, man. I'd probably. Yeah, I mean, I if, I'm, if you're asking me right probably. now, maybe recency bias plays a factor. I'm I'm probably taking Rockmanov in that. I, I want to go with Shavkat because I think he's more composed. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I have wor- I have some issues with his defense, but he he takes shots well. Uh, I think he's smarter than Shemaev. Yeah, I think his ground game is. I think he's more dominant. I don't know. That'd be very good. It'd be a very close war for sure. So um, we'll see what he does at 170. Awesome. Hey, that's my future champ. Uh, yeah, I mean, by the end of the year, that was a good uh, that was a good ending for you. And uh, if you look at the rankings, he probably Jeff Neal was number seven. He probably takes Neal's spot, right? Yeah, he probably jumps he ahead of Luke and Brady. He's number nine right now on the rankings. Uh, I don't know if these are updated. I don't think so, but. I would say, yeah, yeah. On this, uh, he even on could jump Wonderboy. Yeah, I mean, it's time to see. It's time to see him. I think he said something about Colby. I think he called out Colby, right? Yeah. I would love to see that, but at this point, people that people need to stop calling out Colby. I, I'm well, over. He's not fighting you. Yeah, unless um, your name's Usman, like, he's not fighting. You. <laughs> I, w- I would like to see Shavkat take on Bilal Muhammad. I think that would be a huge, huge test. I don't think he gets him right away. You know, Bilal Muhammad's much higher in the rankings. Just knocked out Sean Brady, but. Uh, maybe Sean Brady for Shavkat. That would be a tough test. That um, would be awesome. But I think he probably smokes Sean Brady. Sean Brady's nose is... I think he kills is, uh, Sean Brady, if I'm being honest. I, you know, I love Sean Brady. But. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to see if like Brady took him down, but I don't I don't know if that would even happen. So maybe Luke, uh, I think that would probably be a backward step. Burns, Covington, or Bilal Muhammad, at least for me, or, or Chimaev is what's next for Shavkat, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. How about Matus Gamrot? Mateus, I'm sorry, as I learned how to say it on uh, Saturday night. I don't know. I mean, I thought for sure Gamrot won this fight. This was a split decision, though, with uh, Jalen Turner uh, getting one scorecard of... Uh, Three who, different scorecards, by the way. Yeah. Three. I don't, um, I don't know, but I mean, either way, the the winner, the rightful winner, he uh, happens. I'm glad I really didn't have anything on this because I didn't think Gamrot was going to, uh, you know... I, I really thought he was going to struggle to get him out of there. He really didn't have him in any crazy position where he was going to yeah. like hurt him. I mean, this is a very this is a competitive fight. I just thought Gamrot won two two rounds. I don't remember exactly which one. Which I understand why the cards the were kind of all over the first one was close. Place, but. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it was kind of like I thought Jalen Turner did more of the damage. I don't know if he dropped him, but it looked like at one one or two point he did get one official knockdown. It looked like he had, had another chance, another shot where he kind of. Kind of wobbled him. It was a tough test. I don't take anything away from Jalen Turner for this. Um, he had his he had his fair share of success. Um, I think his striking's all. I mean, if anybody wants to stand and strike with him, you know they're gonna have to rethink it. Gamrod had there's there were some shots that he landed standing, but uh, you know he didn't. He definitely didn't want any of that. I didn't four twelve. I think on his takedowns. Yeah. So Derek Cleary. Is probably the one I would agree with with the twenty nine twenty eight for Gamrot winning the second and yeah. third round. I mean, or as Bruce Buffer calls him, Derek clearly. Yeah, yeah, clearly with the extra L. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Buffer can do whatever he wants in my mind. Uh, Gamrot on uh, David Leatherby. I know he's your one of your uh, is one of your favorite uh, guys. Leatherby. Fan. Yeah, he won. He gave Gamrot only the first round, and then the Ron McCarthy. Shout out to John McCarthy. Uh, he wins all three rounds on. Uh, 
on his that was bad. Gamrot that big. That was so I, bad. I don't agree with that either. So also, uh, David Letheby had the complete opposite scorecard of Derek Cleary and said swapping the first round and second yeah, third round winners, which I I don't understand. Who knows? But, but hey. that just goes to show you that what you were saying was kind of not obvious, I guess. But I just thought, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you saw something different. Bo Nickel just dismantled Jamie Pickett uh, right over. You, you did not get your under a, a half round, which is disgusting because he finished him in two minutes and 54 seconds. I should, round one sub was minus 105. Easy, yep. easy play. I, I actually ended up playing that. Uh, I usually, so I got home and I was like, I'm just going to go card uh, fight by fight. I'm going to take something I like. And it, I had some decent success doing that. And then, uh, Cyril gone lost. I had like three different parlays and Cyril gone lost all of it. I just needed the over in one of them. I needed an alternate over nothing, nothing. Uh, I mean, he just got dismantled. He got dispatched early on, uh, early on, but Bo nickel. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think he, he's gonna have, he's gonna run into some problems for sure with the striking, but we haven't seen it yet. And that's fine. You know, they're building him up. In a in a decent way, I don't know who I want next for him at 185. I'm trying to go down the. It, it was definitely you know they picked Jamie Pickett for a reason, and we saw it. He struggled a little bit with his you know trying to get his legs in the right spot for that uh, arm triangle, but he ended up you know applying it and doing what he had to do. I think it'd be kind of interesting to give him like Albert Duryev or uh, maybe Jacob Malkoon. Yes, or somebody uh, like that. Like his, uh, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Uh, Roman Kopilov, or maybe not Robocop, but somebody around around that area, yeah. and then eventually maybe Fluffy Hernandez. I think would be a good test for him. Not right away, maybe later this year or something. We'll see what happens with him. But um, you know, I don't, I don't. You don't have to give him like even Mark Andre Barrio. I think would be a good fight. We'll talk about him soon. Um, one eighty five again. I don't love one eighty five, especially like the top, but it, it it has some guys. You know, it has a lot of fighters, so you're going to see a lot more. Um. Not good guys, especially uh, you know when it comes to the cardio. It seems like a lot of middleweights struggle with that, but they're kind of blown up like heavyweights. Most of them anyway, so I think Bo Nickel's a bright future, man, as long as he uses that wrestling. I mean, who, who's going to stop a takedown from him? You know, like... No one. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, that He was really hunting for that uh, arm triangle. Uh, he was just yeah. squeezing. That. I mean, if he didn't get that, I was worried that he was going to gas, gas himself out, or at least gas his arms out, because he was really squeezing on that motherfucker, and Hell yeah! He eventually got it. It just Jamie Pickett was not comfortable from the beginning, and he slowly just crept it in, just, you know, tighter, tighter, tighter. Got Jamie Pickett out of there. Uh, yeah, I like, like to see somebody who I guess you know a little step up, not crazy step up in competition, but I mean, eventually I'd like to see him fight like a Andre Muniz. I think that's a good, a good match. You know what I mean? Like maybe after yeah. one one more, then depends on what they're trying to do with him. If they're really trying to, you know, I mean, they had him up on the stage this weekend uh, for the press conference. He. You know, I, I he fought in the main card of one of a uh, huge card. Like I don't know what they're trying to do. If they maybe do another one at uh, you know against some guy who's you know like you said not that good. You fight. I, I don't know. I like some of the names that you labeled out there, but I'm just curious to see what they do with Bo Nickel or what uh, you know what the plans are. But uh, Cody G, Cody Garbrandt gets back in the winning category. Really needed to do that. Uh, he just. This is probably one of the more boring fights of the of the night. Uh, Terrible, you know. Against he really ra- kind of ran away from Trevor Jones for most of the fight, but he was they were just shadowing each other. Yeah, they were just. I mean, it involved Trevor chasing him, Cody dancing, going Garbage. left to right. Uh, Cody had some sort of neck injury. 
that going into the fight that he talked about again. Again, there's some sort of thing going on with him. But I mean, this mainly this I think falls on Trevin Jones didn't throw enough. I thought he followed him. He would he just wasn't really able to catch Cody. Cody looked quick, but Cody, uh, yeah, I mean Cody's gonna get cooked. He didn't. I didn't leave that fight thinking, damn. Here comes Cody Garbrandt. Uh, it was just kind of a uh, this was a wash for me. It really did. I mean, Trevin Jones, we've already thought he really wasn't that good. He kind of showed us, you know, why the the holes in his game. But Cody, Cody kind of looks like he's on this level. That's that's the sad. Slowly, news. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't I don't think he has any chance to do anything ever again. I think his chin is honestly is just cooked. I mean, he, he, there was only a couple big shots he ate and they were at the very end and he did not react well to them. And even you could see like over the course of the fight when his hair started to get, when he started to get sweaty, his hair <laughs> went down, his face looked more like he, he was breathing heavier. You can tell man, like <laughs> he, he's just not there anymore. Like the, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain he's it. He's not really. that guy anymore. The guy that we saw on the come up uh, and the, like all those, highlight reel finishes and knockouts that ain't that's not the case anymore dude like that i don't know i don't recognize that guy that gets in there and you know the the no cody no love who was knocking people out in a minute and, and going to war with dominic cruz and tj dillashaw uh, you know even though he, he was losing like, some of those fights the munoz like yep. he don't look like that guy at all he didn't land anything big Ever no. in that fight, I, I don't I don't think uh, he went to the body more often than not. He's thrown a lot of kicks, which is cool to see. Uh, he was trying to wrestle, saw that he got a couple takedowns of his own. He got taken down. Trevor Jones had that. Was it a Kimura? I yeah. think maybe or an armbar. I forget. But he went for a, a submission, and I don't know, man. I just again, I think Cody's he's going to run into somebody soon. He's going to take a shot. It's it's going to be bad for him. But yeah, I guess you know, shout to him for at least. Doing more than Trevin Jones did in the first two rounds. Trevin Jones, uh, two and nine in the second, seven to twenty-four in the first. So yeah, he didn't garbage. throw a lot at all. He didn't throw anything, and that's why I kind of left that fight with that feeling, where it was like I, his crowd was begging, or his corner was begging him. Safe Saud was begging him to throw more and do more, and he just fucking wouldn't. Yeah, he was backing him up, backing him down. He he started to cut off the corner better because he, he was just kind of chasing him instead of cutting him off. And even then, nothing like he. <laughs> And then what? He went for a takedown at the end of the, at the end of the fight, right? Is when he got it. I think. I so. think he, he ended the fight on top. And I'm like, what are you doing? You had him hurt, ish. And then with 30 seconds left, you shoot. What are you doing? So no IQ. He should he should be cut. Yeah, it just I mean, 13 and 10. Really, Terrible. what do you have to show Guam. for your whole UFC career? What was his Go back record? To Guam and one play and football. four. And his one win was against Mario Bautista. You know, he's got a no contest on there. Like well, he should have he should have got the the win against Valiev. I don't think marijuana was the yeah. reason he knocked him out. But I mean, it's crazy because in both of those fights, I went back and rewatched it. Timur Valiev was beating the shit out of him to the body, and he was not taking it well. And then he fucking smokes him with a right hook. Then he fights Mario Bautista, and, and he sets up the right hook, uh, or he set he uses the right hook to set up a lead uppercut. Didn't do any of that in this fight at all. It was it was the craziest thing ever. I couldn't believe it. It just seemed like he thought like Cody was going to stand and bang with him. And Cody was like Cody the one thing, I mean he he was very smart on Saturday night. It's just very rare from him. You know, he he incorporated the wrestling in the I think it was the first or second round. Went to the body. Yeah, like he did a lot of smart things. Trevin Jones just he would have him. I mean, 
Cody, a good thing. He looked like he was in great shape as well. Let me mention that because usually when you're backing up and moving like that, you do eventually get tired. You know, he yeah. didn't look crazy tired. I mean, there was portions where he was getting hit, but nothing too crazy. It, it, that That's the one positive I want to give him. But, I mean, if you, you're having a guy like Trevin Jones and you're kind of like running, but you're backpedaling for a lot of it, Trevin Jones just didn't throw anything when he had him up against the fence. And I don't know. I, this fight just didn't do really much for me. So how about DDP? Driscus Duplessis gets a corner stoppage win uh, with one second left in the second round. Uh, Mr. Brunson, uh, he asked for out. Uh, you know, his corner asked for out, but he made his corner ask for out because he was getting his head bounced off the canvas. He was getting beat up on the feet. He really gassed out in that second round. And, uh, you know, it's just a, more of the case of Derek Brunson. We kind of knew uh, he was cooked based off – not only he, it's not like he's quitting in these fights, but he's not reacting to shots well anymore. Not that he really ever did, but he, re, now it's really pronounced. And uh, when he gets hit, I mean, he got hit in that Cannoneer fight. He was he was done, and his body gave out. This one, he just he was getting hit. He had no response. He had no gas tank, and he just got killed by DDP at the end of this fight. And good win for DDP. Weird fight. Yeah, really weird fight. <laughs> I mean, every every Drickus fight is weird. He was getting hit. At times, but all he had to do was go go forward, and he would have success, and that's what he did. I mean, they were pretty much both only throwing headshots. Drick is 62-101 in the second round. He, uh, I think it, when he runs into the top guys at middleweight, I think he's going to have some real problems. Um, like, you know, I guess it's kind of obvious to say everybody's going to have problems when they run into Pereira or Izzy or Whitaker or maybe Cannoneer, maybe Vittori, but um, he's good, man. There's something about him. Um, he's just, he's tough. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't enter the best. You know, he kind of leaves him, leaves his head to be hit and he gets hit a lot. And when he gets hit, he, you know, he backs up, but he, I don't know if he's chinny. I think he's just easy to hit and he's a little dumb. He's a little reckless, but he, he recovers pretty well uh, from what I've seen. Uh, and he kind of fights fire with fire, which is not smart, but also it's, it's good to see that he's not just going to wilt and give up. So he's an interesting guy for sure. He's he's pretty funny on the mic. Uh, I don't think he's going to win a, a belt or anything, but I, I I could see him being like a solid gatekeeper ish, a top ten, top five ish uh, guy for a long time. You know, to to beat the the, the young fighters and maybe uh, you know have a a main event in a fight night here and there or something like that. I could see it. I think I like him personally, but you don't think he's going to fight um, for a title? No, I mean I guess he could if he kind of like a, I think got the right matchups. If he avoids Robert Whitaker, um, you don't I think mean, he matches up with going. those guys well. Like, no, I mean, if I go I, through I, the top, the top five, like you said, Adesanya now, I, I, I'm agree. Pereira now, uh, Whitaker, Cannoneer, Vittori. I think Whitaker kills him. You think so? Maybe he doesn't kill him, but he wins every every round if they fight. I don't think you're wrong in, in saying that. I just think. I don't Vittori, know. Uh, I you know, it's a bit well, interesting. Well, I mean, Brunson was just a top fiver. I think he's 100% in that top five. Like, I would like to see DDP versus Paulo Costa. That's yeah. something that... But also, Paulo Costa is, keeps calling out... Uh, what's his name? They keep calling Strickland? each other out. Who is it? Yeah. that. I mean, so, that would be fun, too, though. Like, the, this motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, I love Paulo Costa, dude. He, he's just so stupid. This, yeah. this shit he says on Twitter <laughs> just cracks me up. Him doing like a, a remake of the Connor's uh, Proper Twelve commercial, and him doing this—he's this, this, he's selling secret juice or something like that, like that. The secret juice, I yeah. love it. I would love um, to see. Honestly, yeah, I think you're right though. I mean, I, I guess maybe he does get lucky, fights for a title. I don't know if he wins, 
Um, he's just tough. He's very, he, I, I understand what you're saying, though. Like, he is – doesn't necessarily have th- that game that where you're like, he's definitely going to be a champion. Maybe if he makes some strides here or there and puts it all together. But he just is very a guy – awkward style. Yeah, he doesn't quit. He's tough. He continues to push it even when things get – you know, when the going gets rough. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was I left here just, you know, more uh, impressed again. So I don't know what they do next with him. I could see him fighting a Cannoneer Vittori, somebody like that next, and just, you know, kind of skyrocketing into that top five if he gets a win. But yeah, yeah he is one fight away from fighting for a title, depending on who the matchup is. Crazy. Good for him. And uh, Brunson's cooked. It's one, yeah. one of the only times <laughs> you get to see the towel get thrown in. And yeah, that was that's it. You know, it's never a good. Thank look. God they did it too. Yeah, I mean, he was getting. He wasn't even responding to the shots. He um, like dropped his guard because he thought the round was over and got fucking got killed. Yeah, uh, who who was roughing that one? Herb. Yeah, Herb would have let him yeah. uh, come back out and get, but yeah, he would have that second round. That's how Herb rolls. But how about Amanda Hebos? She looked very very good against Viviana Rujo on Saturday night. Uh, dominated her. When wins. Uh, a unanimous decision. Did she win all three rounds? Um, I mean, well, the argument to be we had, had, right? We had three different scorecards oh, again. God damn it. Um, they won. I think it was. Hold on. Let's see it. Um, Mike Bell had a 10-9. Vivi in the first round. Uh, I thought it was. The first round was close. But I think, you, I th- like you said, uh, Ron McCarthy. 10. I don't want to have to agree with him. Uh, but he had all three rounds for Amanda. But he did not have round two, 10-8. Where the other two judges yeah I, I wasn't sure if you thought the second round was a 10 8 i did not i didn't either i didn't think i thought it was uh um yeah i thought it i was, saw yeah a, a lot of people i saw had it if you look at mma decisions i think most of the people that scored that fight uh had it 29 27 he boss yeah that's what i probably uh, would have that's oh, what no, mike wait. bell had it so he did give a 10 8 oh wow um to amanda in the first round but also had her losing for the second round had her losing the first round so it, it was a it was a Odd fight. I mean, she yeah. kind of dealt it. She was, uh, you know, she dropped her almost a couple times. And I think, I don't know. Uh, I think she still is. She doesn't like getting punched. She's very chinny. Um, you know, she she's very awkward in there. And I don't think she likes getting hit whatsoever. But she has good wrestling game. Uh, she controlled Vivi. Uh, Vivi just has no gas tank at all. And doesn't really have much, much offense or, or defense. She's getting older. Yeah, she looked terrible. Uh, I think she's she's about done. Uh, he boss, you know, I, I think she should probably stay at 115, but she looked better. She looked, you know, she didn't look too small at uh, 125. I don't know though. I, you know, I like her, but I don't necessarily think she's that uh, has that high of a ceiling. Can do that many things. I mean, maybe you know, there's not. I don't know who else was is really going to like rock her. I think either her and Casey O'Neill will be a really good fight, uh, or Tracy Cortez or Macy Barber. Uh, you know, maybe she can beat some of these girls, but. I don't know, man. She doesn't really take punches well. She fights out of control. Her IQ isn't great. Yeah. Again, one of the only chinny women's fighters I've ever seen, really. So we'll see. But yeah, definitely a good win. Um, she overcame adversity and and pretty much, I, I think, in, in many portions of the fight, dominated Arujo, oh, yeah. who was fought, who you know took Lex Cross of the distance. So I was yeah. not impressed. I mean, I wasn't crazy impressed by Hebos, but that's mainly due to the fact that Arujo, I thought, just. Didn't really present any defense on the feet or on the ground. And like you said, she hits hard, but if that's really all you have, then there's so many holes in your game to get you know taken down. And she ended up on her back a lot. Really didn't present many 
many threats on the ground where I was like, oh, we might get this. Like, it really wasn't. We were out of there. I thought we were cooked. Yeah. And I thought it was possible uh, that we could have got a maybe a split decision if she would have won that third round. But I think it was pretty yep. for sure new that she did not win any of the scorecards when you're going to the scorecards. So that's all you need to know, <laughs> even though they were all different. Mark andre Berriot. Uh, yeah, power bar, baby. Yep, the power bar. Julian, don't call me Kendra Lost Marquez, uh, has about – Four and a half minutes in him before that's you know it's about party over for him and he was getting the fuck beat out of him up against that fence for a while before they stopped that one that probably could have been stopped much earlier yeah. than it was. Shout out to Mark. You Smith. don't say Mark Smith. Yeah, you did text um, me during the uh, during the card. We have to have a conversation about Mark Smith, <laughs> and I think that that is exactly what that was pertaining to. It did not look good, and he was just letting him get beat up up against that fence and Mr. Marquez didn't have much for him other than he landed a few shots early on, but yeah, I mean, Andre uh, Barriot looked like he was in great shape and it was an easy win for him. I wanted, I was trying so hard to find Mark Andre Barriot live odds after the first round. Cause I know he lost the first round, but the very end he was looking better. And I knew, I knew that momentum would carry into the round and Marquez would be gassed. And he was, and then he got hit a couple times and then he, he does it. He doesn't quit and give up like where you fall to the ground and then you're done. He get, his 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 um his tell is that he starts retreating right to the cage. Yeah. Backs right up against it yep. and then he wants to like try to throw a bomb here and there and land, but it is that he pretty much just covers up and takes an ass beating and hopes you get tired and then he'll he'll come back, but that is not a good strategy to do against these big dudes at 185. Um he always has like a little bit of success early and then just that's it. Um, that's two in a row, and those are two brutal beatings he took yeah. from two big big guys, two good fighters. I, I like Marc-Andre Barrio. Again, he started his UFC career off with three losses, one split and two unanimous decisions, but and not against great fighters either. Um, and then he had that no contest against Pihota. Um, but ever since, man, he's looked pretty good. I know he, Fluffy ran into some problems there and Chidi, but I think the Chidi fight was just a big, big puncher, and he got hit with an overhand right. Uh, and he doesn't really have to, you know, his striking defense, what he, how he gets out of the way is a bit concerning, you know, uh, where he just kind of ducks and fades away. I mean, that could just that, – that could be bad news for him eventually. But he said it after the fight. They call me power bar, as they do. Um, I mean – So good, a good win for him at 285. I would like to see him fight Bo Nickel. Maybe not right away, but I th- just matchup-wise in my head, I, I think that would be kind of interesting. He, he's a grinder, man. He's, he's, a, he's a tough night for anybody. Let me just say I, Matt McSweeney – uh, I doubt it, Power Bar. I'm not going to doubt him again, uh, unless he fights a good striker, and then that's when I will doubt him. But yeah, no, nah, it was a good win. He, I thought, I honestly, from his physique, just from from the last the last couple fights, I thought he looked a little bit more porky. I thought he looked like he was in really good shape for this one. And, yeah. Uh, I just, I mean, this was, you know, when you look back, you're like, oh boy, you know, you got to limit your shots down the field, Matt. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, Julian Marquez was not the guy to ride in the battle for, and I think his next fight will be a, a cut watch. If he's yeah. not already cut, I think the next one will be for sure because his la- his oh, his two wins are against Maki Patolo, uh, Sam Alvey, and then uh, the one before that was dead. The, the dentist, Darren Stewart. So <laughs> those aren't good wins when you when you think about it. But no. talk about uh, somebody was in trouble. Ian Machado, Gary. I mean. <laughs> Ian Machado Gary got, almost got sent to the shadow realm 
in the middle. I believe it was the first round, or maybe yeah. the beginning of the second. It was either way. This man was in trouble. His arms flew up in the air, and he was, you know, he was. It, it looked like he lost consciousness for a second. Like it was not good. It, even I'm being a little dramatic, but it wasn't good. It That's was sure not I... good. It's not good to get hit by uh, Kenan Song by like that Keenan Song, as uh, John Anna kept calling him. But. <laughs> <laughs> Keenan Kell, uh, he hits hard, and who, who you does? know he looked Gary, uh, Mr. Keenan, oh. <laughs> or both of them, but Mr. Keenan, um, he just made a huge mistake and tried like grappling him and grabbing him and and getting like ground and pound. You, as, he should have just let him up and kept striking with him because he hits hard. He swings fast and he hits hard. Kanan Song, if, if nothing else, he does those two things well. And Ian Gary didn't look good, man. His striking I defense know, is not good. Not good. And I, some people say, well, he learned from it. And at the end of the third round, before he got the stoppage, there was a left hook that Song Kanan threw that he dipped out of the way of. Like, you know, sure. And then he came back and landed a nice combo. Like, sure. But we have to remember uh, Song Kanan. Uh, Song, Song Keenan. Yeah, Song. Song, <laughs> Song Keenan. The Keenan song. The Song Kanan song is now four and three in the UFC and his four wins. Are Hector Aldana not no longer? I don't know what happened to him. Bobby Nash never a real person. Derek Krantz gone, and Callum Potter, and he's he's way way oh gone. Oh my god! <laughs> so you know those are not good wins. His losses aren't even good. Alex Morano, you know, showed him around the octagon. Max Griffin got him out of there in like two minutes. Brad um, Riddell, back in yeah, the day. So so he's not really a good fighter. He's not. He's just not that great. He was kind of picked for a reason. But Ian Gary, I mean. You know, I, there were so many times where I thought all you have to do is go forward and throw, <laughs> and you'll get him out of there. And he, there was a lot of times where he just didn't. I know in the second round he landed forty-two of seventy-nine, and in the third he landed seventy of one hundred eight. Cardio looked good. He, you know, his strength yeah. and yeah, everything carried over. That guy knocked him out with about fifth, a little under forty seconds left to go. And he did the he did the McGregor swing in the arms after he And then just... he did the gritty. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then after the fight, some random dude that was a fan tried fighting him in the parking lot. Oh, I love that. <laughs> He's like, I swear you don't know what I can do. And Ian Gary's just like Excuse me? <laughs> also Ian Gary was dressed like a valet. So I was kind of confused at what was going on. It was like this That's waiter. Probably why the guy who was valet. fighting him was confused too. He's like, Wait, I thought you were fighting. Why are you Meanwhile, out here parking cars? <laughs> now listen. Also, let me just say for the record, I understand why he incorporates the name Machado in his name. Leo Machado, shout out to her. Uh, listen, <laughs> he's on the fade list, man. It's coming. I don't. I I think he has talent. I think he has ability. I think I you know I, I get it. He's Irish and he's undefeated and he's twenty five and his nickname is the Future and he trains at Killcliffe. I get it. There's a lot of, you know, of reason to really get on the hype train. But I think it's more about being on the hype train before it takes off. Because even if the, in the wins before this, you know, it took him almost a full round to get Jordan Williams out of there. And remember, Jordan Williams was hitting him with some Had shots. Had him hurt. As did Gabe Green. And yeah. he struggled with Darian Weeks. Like, he's getting some good matchups, and he's not really, and you know, sure, he, he, he rebounded well in this, in, the, in this fight. He's learning. He's, I think at the end of the round, him and his corner was like, you know they they were having a very good talk. Like I, you know, you, you got a you got greedy. You stepped in and you got hit, and yeah. you know it happened. So let's rebound. And I, I like that. He's only going to get better, I assume. But that you know he has some he has some um, some red flags there. Big time red sure. flags. I'd like to see somebody wrestle him. 
I want to see what mm-hmm. that looks like because I think you could have some some success because I haven't really seen him on his back too much. And uh, yeah, I, mean, I know he's, he's... – first... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no you're I, good. I was, again, uh, keep interrupting. I don't mind him as much as I don't as – as much as I mind most of the Irish fighters, if that makes – I don't know why. Well, Maybe I don't see Machado. him. <laughs> he's the rare – oh, I got to find what she is. I don't want to say Mexican – that just sounds racist. I think she's Brazilian, but I don't. I'm not oh. sure about that. <laughs> but no, good for him. I, 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 he is. I don't know. I just the, him doing the strut and everything after was just like. Uh, yeah, bro. It took you like 15 minutes yeah. to get you know Keenan Kel Thompson out of here. Okay, let's. Yeah, like that's where I was like, come on, man. But uh, I guess I, another fight where this 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 card was full of people where it's like I'm excited to see what they do next with him. And what what the, the next matchup is for him because he's not at the you know the level where he can fight a say Michelle Pajeda or Jack Della Maddalena <laughs> you know like he's gonna get killed by some Fuck of these guys no. in the top fifteen so and that's just fifteen and fourteen I just named you so that there's maybe that. maybe you fuck around and give him Robbie Lawler or oh, uh, Tony man, Ferguson sign me up I think Robbie Lawler might put him out. <laughs> no, Give him Matt Semmelsberger. He should be. Ooh, I think. Wow, that's even a tough one too. That's a good I mean, fight, right? A guy who just gets hit hard and walks forward. Right. Maybe we'll see. I'm Maybe worried. Price I'm worried about another him. I, I left this thinking. Damn, like he almost he was almost done. I was watching that. Like, are you kidding me, man? Like, if if Song Kanan took you know approached the knockdown like he should, that would have been bad. And taking a, a knockout loss to him in the first round, that would have been not horrific. Good. Horrific. <laughs> the right way to put it. The the brand would never have recovered. But he's think. able to bounce back. He does the strut. He does the gritty, and that's that. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Layla Machado. Cameron, Cameron Simon. He gets a the majority decision. The human, I mean, the human point deduction. Yeah, I was going to say, what a disgusting, dirty fighter apparently this guy is. He's just getting points. <laughs> Listen, he kicked Mana Martinez in his sack twice in a row. Right back to back, pretty much, and her. I think yeah. Herb Dean was the ref. He's like, "Come on, man!" Like, we, we, you know, yeah. What are you doing? I got to take and a then point. Then he poked him in the eye, and then he went, yeah, and then he gouged him in his eye, and he eventually, you know, was able to beat up Mano Martinez and get, you know, he didn't get him out of there, but a majority decision. Which <laughs> he had some good ground and pound. Uh, three also again, three different scorecards. Chris go. Lee had a twenty-eight twenty-seven. Sal Diamato had a twenty-eight twenty-eight. Adelaide Bird had a twenty-nine twenty-six. She's the only one who gave the first round assignment, which I thought he won. Uh, giving it a making it a nine nine, and then the next two he won. Uh, two of the judges gave round three ten eight to to Simon. I can't remember if I agreed with that, but either way, I thought he won two rounds. Uh, at least, I thought at least he won the fight. All three. Yeah, like I, yeah, he won the fight. Even if he had another point taken, I think he would have been fine. Uh, he wouldn't have been like it would have been a draw, but uh, in my mind, I thought he was he was winning for sure. I think Mata Martinez fucked his left hand up very early. Yeah, so I think that that yep. kind of uh, was an issue. Uh, Cameron Simon's right leg also was fucked up. He kept slipping and not really putting much weight on, or he kept like coming out from under him when he would back up and plant on that foot to defend or throw a shot back. I should say that leg. Um, so a pretty good fight, honestly. I like both you know, these guys. It, I like both these guys. I think I think Mana is probably going to be out of the UFC sooner rather than later, but that's not really his fault. I think he's fought some tough competition. I like Simon for being young. Uh, you know, he's he is the human point deduction, but. Um, he's tough, man. He throws hard. He's quick. He throws with a lot of a lot of power. And wrestling's supposed to be, you know, kind of his uh, his forte. It maybe not his forte, but he's he, he's pretty much good all around. I don't know how he is defensively. We'll see as he moves up. But he started this fight better than he started the other two fights. So uh, I'll give him that. 
He might be the first fighter that I bet to lose by disqualification, though. So I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy, he can't help himself. Can't help himself it. but committing fouls. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, I mean, he looked good. Uh, uh, it's a shame, though, for Mana Martinez. For you, know, like you're, you're right. Like he is on that cusp of being, like you know, not being in the UFC. He's two and two in his last four. He's going, you know, win loss, win loss, but. Yeah. He's going to decisions. He's not really a finisher, and that's the thing that keeps in the UFC. Uh, if if all things are even, you know, like and that's they, why they signed him exactly. So. And he's not really finishing people. So I could, yeah, I think you're right. I could see him them moving on, but it's a shame because I like watching him fight. Yeah, but Simon looked good, so give Simon his credit. Uh, Tabitha Ritchie, baby shark. She did the fin after uh, she she hit the alarm bar on Jessica Penne. Must, Jessica Penne cooked. Hope she hope she left the uh, the gloves in the octagon, but I actually hope she didn't. So that we could cash out one her. more time, one last ride to cash out yeah. in a Jessica Penne fight. But uh, Tabitha <laughs> Ritchie was much better than her. What, do you know what Tabitha Ritchie was inside the distance? Because I would have loved to see that. I mean, that was uh, just I had work. it. I had that on the card, plus 300. Easy. E- wow. That, that, that actually kept me afloat. Yeah, Jessica Penne, uh, yeah, she's done. There's not much more to say. I think Tabitha Ritchie, listen, I don't know if this is hyperbole, uh, hyperbole or not. I think she's the best-looking woman in the UFC. I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying. I, I don't think you're uh, far off in saying that. I mean, and I, you know, she's she's really small, which I think is going to obviously work. She's 61 inch reach. That is yeah, just she low. is tiny. Um, if there was a 105 division. She would probably easily. Oh, be she'd champion. fucking fuck it up. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy all of her cards and OnlyFans. But I think whoa, she. Whoa, whoa, whoa! If she, she has, we don't know if she's involved in that. No, but if she is, you know. I mean, Charles I mean, Oliveira, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're <laughs> out there butt-ass naked if you have an OnlyFans, no. I guess. You could just be given uh, jiu-jitsu uh, lessons on your OnlyFans, which. Yeah, in a, in a, in a pool full of chocolate. But, um, no, I think I think she has good. She's, she's very aggressive, <laughs> and she hunts subs, which is, which is good. She, I mean, she. Um, in a pool of chocolate? I mean. Yeah, a chocolate pool. I don't know. A mudslide, a slip and slide, something. Pull of oil? I don't know what you want. I don't know. At, we, we, we get real freaky if you want. Uh, but no, uh, no, thank you, Charles. Just just do the, do the lessons. Thank you. Charles. I didn't mean him. I meant her. I mean, oh, it could okay. be both, but, but it depends Jason on what Herzog, you're into. I don't. Yeah, Jason Herzog. Reffin. So fight back. I don't think it was this fight. Um, but what did you think about Jason Herzog and the referees having uh, a, a quick trigger when it came to standing people up? I didn't like that. Uh. What fight for sure didn't I like it in? I, I think it, was it might, the, might have been the Shevchenko fight where they stood them up and I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. That was and a bad so one. I just, well, I, well, I'll let this point sit until we get to the fight. But um, I'll just real quick since there's not much to talk about. Tabitha Ritchie looked good. She got the arm bar. got the finish. Uh, she can make some waves. She can do some work against some women. But like we said, the, the height, the athletic disadvantage, we'll see. I mean, she has some lower body strength. You know what I mean? That's for sure. So she can... She got that armbar really quick and really, really nice on Jessica Penne, who I guess a lot of people didn't expect for that to happen to her. As her last win was by armbar against uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz, who's also cooked. But um, yeah, good win for Baby Shark. Yeah, she's just like uh, Jessica Penne's like long and doesn't really present much defense for a powerful fighter, no matter how big or small they are. And it just. I, I think she was like had her back, and then she like transitioned to the armbar, which was I think very nice. Yeah, I, I was very impressed. I mean, Tabitha Ritchie, I'll take her against any fighter who can't really keep it standing because I really think I'll her t- ground game is good. So, I'll take her for sure. You know uh, I mean? But uh, for, yeah, good, good win. <laughs> uh, Farid Basharat, a dominant victory over Demond Blackshear. Uh, what, what did you? I, I really didn't have 
much thought other than I don't think Blackshear really presented any problems for him. Except until the very, very end. He had yeah. in, a, in a tight triangle, but he ran out of time. Good fight. I, I think DeMond Blackshear is decent. I think he had, he struggles with his like, game plan and fight IQ, but he's still 28. That was his only his second UFC fight. He was only in CFFC for a couple fights. Um, and he does have experience. He fought Sabatini, Chris Matinho, Danny Sabatello, Mike Kimball. Um, who else? Aaron Lacey, Alan Cruz, all of them on the regional scene. So he has been around. I, I just think he needs to work his just, I don't know, switch things up. Fareed Basharat's a tough draw, and I think Fareed Basharat looked good. I think he's very – him and his brother are very solid all around. They have very advanced game yeah. plan, games for their age because I think Fareed's only 20-something as well. Yeah, he's 25. So I like both these guys. I, th- I also think this is really a pretty good fight. I know it wasn't, you know, that there wasn't big moments really for sure, but there's a lot of uh, scrambling and they each got takedowns of their own, each landed shots. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Bostrad does going forward. These Bantamweights, man, studs. Problem. How about, uh, how about your boy Esteban? Taking the L, unfortunately. I listen. I, I told Gringo. you guys, El Gringo was my was would have been my shot down the field, and I, honestly, I liked it for a little bit. He was he was a tough guy to um, you know draw for for Luke or Loke, Loki, Loic. Rod- second round, he Rizabov. had a down. <laughs> Rizabov, Rajabov, Rajabov, Jaguar Paul. This, great nickname. Hell yeah, dude! I'm all about that. That's kind of scary. Uh, like if he has one of those at his at his house, yep, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, honestly, I like Rebovich. I know it was a loss, but he has good hands, man. He was he, he was tagging Lowick up. I think you see that in good a lot ground of South game American. too. I liked his little transition that he kept doing. That like he went for a Kimura ish. I like how he did. Also, so this was the fight. Um, the the referee was Mark Smith, of course. He at one point I think it was Rebovich was trying to get, or I think. I'm trying to think. I think Rebovich kind of had like the side slash back of Radzibov, and he was trying to get his back fully. And Mark's and they were just they were sitting in the same position for a little bit. And Mark Smith told him, "He's like, all right, you guys got to work. Or I'm standing you up." And I was like, "Whoa! He's trying to get his back in a fight that he's losing. Like, what do you mean, stand him up? That's stupid. Why would you stand him up? It's not like they were there for minutes. Yeah. They were there for like 20 seconds, and they were battling for a uh, you know an advanced position. <laughs> he said he was going to stand him up. I'm like, yo. What is your fucking problem? Um, Rebovich came out the gate, or uh, Radzibov came out the gate, eight, five, ten seconds in, smoked him with a big right hand. Yeah. Um, didn't drop him, but he hit him hard. Rebovich honestly ate it. And he, there was a couple other shots that Radzibov was landing, counter left, counter right, not really jabbing much, not really uh, uh, attacking to the body or legs. But he was throwing some some shots, and Rebovich was eating him. And he was good in a lot of his own, man. It, the second round, he was putting together some combos. It didn't look like Radzibov was taking some of those shots well. Uh, he doesn't like. He he looks like a a good hammer, not a good nail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like he was in crazy trouble, but just enough where you were like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> this and, isn't good. A lot of those. I know he's not Russian, but a lot of the, the European or what would you call that? I believe Eastern European. Eastern is. European uh, fighters. They don't like taking. They don't like getting punched too much, especially when you put together a couple combos. You know, then they start getting busted up. And uh, I don't know. I think Rebovich is uh, not bad. I think he you know worked on some things, refined some skills. He's he's our age. So he's he's younger than us. So he's obviously, um, you know, unexper- inexperienced. And I think, you know, I think he can uh, be okay. Uh, I'm not too sure. You know, it depends how they match him up, obviously. But um, 
I thought this was a pretty good fight. I thought it could have been fight of the night, possibly, or at least, you know, something. But I guess Shafkat and Jeff Neal took that one. But, or did they? No, yeah. So, what are you going to do? Good fight, though. Good, good way to start the, the main event. The whole card, I should say. Um, I, I was impressed. I think Rodzabov should have been on the Contender Series. Yeah. Uh, or the I, Ultimate Fighter, I should say. I would left this fight wanting to see both these guys again. This was a really good uh, way to start the uh, the night. I thought that this fight, when I first watched it, I was like, "This could be fight of the night." That was my inst- my you know my first thought, and it you know it obviously got overshadowed by some of the other. But I think this this that definitely deserved you know some money from somebody. I mean, I I don't know. I guess that that was just you know my instinct watching it, and even even thinking back now after watching the whole card, I still think it's worthy of a performance of the night, or maybe even a fight. You know, I guess there can only be one fight of the night, but I was impressed by these guys, man. Yeah, like it just. I guess it's tough to find a what to give them, give them money for, but I feel like they deserved it. They were a great way to start this card, and John Jones gets fifty thousand. Alexa Grasso gets fifty thousand. Uh, Jeff Neal, even though missing weight, gets fifty thousand as long as, uh, as well Dumb. as Shavkat Rachmanov. Didn't even win around. Yep, but you know he did. He did put it on Rachmanov and made him made him you know tested Rachmanov more work. than he probably has been tested in any other fight like we talked about. And Bo Nickel yeah. gets fifty thousand dollars for squeezing the life out of Jamie Pickett, and that was UFC two eighty five. Jones versus Gone, fourth highest uh, gate uh, in the history of. Uh, the UFC or, or Vegas or something along those lines. So yeah, um, it was a big night. It really was, and I thought it. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it lived up to the hype for the most part. And so, uh, did you see the uh, unveiling of the Ultimate Fighter Thirty One cast? I did. I think I sent it to you. Okay, what did you think? Who's is it obvious that Timur Valiev is winning the whole thing for bantamweights? I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of uh, just fun guys on that thing. I saw Hunter Azure's on there. You know, Under Azure, get back in there so you can get cut again. Roosevelt Roberts, don't yeah. count me out. There's a <laughs> Jason lot of, Knight. Jason Mississippi Mean is the one where I'm I'm excited for. Uh, Him and Kirk, Kurt Holliball, who they dug up. Uh, that's going to be a good Austin Hubbard. Yeah. Brad Katona. I know. I mean, there's a lot of guys <laughs> where you're like, like classic yeah. UFC guys. Um. So I'm excited to see Timur Valiev. I think he, you know, should never got cut anyway. So it'll be interesting. I, I wonder who, you know, I think we're gonna have Connor not pick Timur Valiev for sure. Um, other than that, I'm I'm excited. I think there, there's some. Dana said something today about how Friday night, you know, it got it got real, it got real juicy. Oh we, yeah, you know, can't wait. You know, the, 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 the typical. <laughs> which I'm not surprised by because you know how Connor is and Chandler. Also likes giving. You know, he's, he has a bit of a troll to him. He he he's kind of like the unfunny funny dad, you know. Yep. I like him personally. I think he has a good personality, but uh, he's, I can see what you know. I can see him and Connor going back and forth. <laughs> I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be awesome. I really can't wait for that, and I can only imagine what Connor Connor's gonna cross the line at some point, and he's going <laughs> yeah. to say something that everyone is gonna think is disgusting, but it's gonna make people want to buy the fight, and it continues to work for him. I mean. Those Poirier fights did numbers, especially that last one. So he's not going to stop doing it. Yeah, and I sure. think Chandler has that sort of appeal to the to the public, you know, to the casuals. You know that that mixed along with a Connor fight, I think they're gonna. It's gonna be huge. This Ultimate Fighter. It's gonna be a big time event when by the time it rolls around, and 
you know, shout out to Jake Gyllenhaal won the middleweight championship this weekend <laughs> in, uh, you know, the, the movie remake of Roadhouse, which uh, I guess I'll watch if it's free and literally placed sure. in front of me. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, there was some boxing this weekend. Yeah, Brandon Figueroa, uh, his sister Omira holding the pads for him with her, uh, with her uh, great lower body. Uh, he fought Mark oh, Maxayo for the 126 belt. Um, Figueroa had recently lost a uh, close decision to Stephen Fulton, the Philly boy, who is now going to Japan to fight Naya Inoue, uh, depending on who you talk to, is one of the top five, three, maybe one pound-for-pound pound yeah. boxer in the world. Stephen Fulton, May 7th, I want to say, is going to Japan to fight him. So that's very, very st- – I mean, if it goes the distance, uh, you know, good luck, brother. I love cool, cool Boy Steph, I think. Cool hands. Cool Boy Steph, yeah. Stephen Fulton, the Philly native. He beat Brandon Figueroa. That's Figueroa's only loss. Mark McSayo's only loss, which I believe he has, at least two now, was to Ray Vargas, who was the previous champ who was moving up or just moved up to fight Oshaki Foster, a young prospect that he lost. So they both both were uh, coming off of losses, needed to win this, and it was a pretty much a war. But uh, Figueroa got it, got it done, edged him out. Uh, if you know what I mean, Jared Hurd in the co-main had a bad lip laceration. It was brutal. Uh, so Doctor Stoppage, he lost. Not a good, <laughs> not a good look for Mister Jared Hurd. He was, he was supposed to be a layup, like a get-right fight for him. Uh, if you remember, he fought Julian J Rock Williams, another Philly boy. Lost after he beat Arislandi Lar in a split, and after he knocked out Austin Trout. So his career is kind of in a tailspin. Those boxers, man, once they you know take some time off and take a loss or two, and they're on the wrong side of thirty, it really. Uh, he ran into a guy named Armando Resendez. Nickname is Toro. Not many people know about him. Young Mexican fighter, but he just throws and gets in your face and makes it awkward. And uh, you know, boxers when they hit a decline, it's it's very, very, very immediate, which is which is sad to see. Uh, on the prelims, Trayvon Marshall, a 22 year old welterweight, the sniper, another sniper nickname. I, mean, I know you can't get enough of those. Uh, he's a big welterweight from DC area. He got a nice third round win. So 147 just produces. Insane talent in boxing, kind of like 155 in in MMA. So that's about all she wrote. Yeah, um, we got a big card coming up this weekend. We got 14 fights again. Peter Yan, this is headlined by Peter Yan and Marab Davishvili. Uh, there's a couple good, you know, they were getting Krylov and Span running it back. I like that. That's the like the the, the feature bout. That, yeah. that kind of helps. Like the main card can be pretty good. Volkov and Romanov is intriguing at that the very be least. Definitely interesting. Uh, Carlos and Austin Lingo. Yeah, Saeed okay. Nurmagomedov, Jonathan that. Martinez. There's a lot of good fights on Both that main card. And the prelims have some intrigue as well. Just some intriguing, intriguing matchups. So I, I look forward to talking about that later this week. You know, even Tyson Nam getting back in there. So. Aragon Lipsky. Hell yeah, Ooh. brother. We got some fades on here. So uh, we will be <laughs> back. Friend. We will be back on f- probably Thursday, I would say. Thursday or Friday, hopefully earlier than better, days. Yeah. to give you a full breakdown of the UFC uh, Vegas. I think it's just UFC Vegas, right? Or seventy one. Uh, seventy one. This is oh, no, they moved this, right? Yeah, because this is at, at the, the theater, the the, the Virgin the Hotel, Virgin Theater, the Hotel Virgin. So yeah, shout out to that, and we will be we'll be locked in. We'll have some more picks for you, and we will have uh, the numbers, the overall numbers, and everything. Big belt uh, card this weekend. Yeah, there's is it really for them. Yeah, uh, Usman against Benson Henderson, Musayev, Shabali. They just announced a uh, right. 155 Grand Prix. That's uh, right. That is a big call. M- MVP. MVP is back. Um, who else? 
yeah, a bunch of other guys. So to, stay other. tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna be back. We'll have some picks. I'm gonna have some picks for sure. I never, I never don't have picks. I'm a walk. I'm a walking pick. So good boxing this weekend. Too. It, again, I said this. I think last weekend or two weeks, uh, two weekends ago, but or two weeks ago that this is kind of the time for all the fights to really be made. We're gonna, you know, lead eventually lead up into International Fight Week. Uh, we got Usman Edwards in what a week, uh, two weeks, right? Yeah, Less not two next weeks weekend. Now? The weekend after. Yeah. So. A couple weeks for that. That should be fun. Run that rematch back. I feel like that fight just happened. Um, so, yeah, big fight's coming, man. I'm, I'm excited. And we guess what? We will be here to talk about them, ladies and gentlemen. So yes, we will. Until we then, nowhere. thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. Not even next week. The, the, in, later on this week. Two episodes. And we'll have a, a sports uh, episode where we can talk about the Sixers. Huge win against Huge. the Milwaukee Bucks. We're back on board. We're back on board. Like we'll do a mock draft. We'll do like what we always do, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, until Bring then, the thank you for joining us. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Deuces.